Well, it is about to get really wacky oh in God. here. What did you bring, Em? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, EJ. First off, clear your mind and picture this. It is the 80s, the mid to late 80s. Naturally. Time of mullets, bleached perms. Um, Bruce Willis still had hair and we were babies. So... <laughs> And we know all kind of, there's all kind of goodness that came out of this time during movie making, mm -hmm. all kind of B and C movies to pick from. But I think this one that I'm about to tell you about has actually, I, I looked around online and I think it actually has cult status, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny because I found out about it through a parade a few years ago and it was kind of like in the back of my head as something I wanted to watch. And we started talking about this. And I was like, okay, no, this is what I have to do on. So I'm going to tell you, you are there and you are in the 80s and you are just coming into this town and your mullet is blowing in the wind with your <laughs> high-waisted acid wash jeans. Also, you're a muscly dude because it's the 80s. Okay. And, <laughs> and, you know, you're just looking for work, a regular American guy, you know, everything's going good. And you roll up to this camp and you're, where these I guess homeless people are staying and everybody's around a TV and they have cable. I don't know. And we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all outside in recliners, but nobody like has a home, but there's a television and there's, it's cable television, but ever so often it gets static and there's a guy's face on there and it's like, they're among us. They are only safe because we don't know about them. And, and the, other people are like, oh, it's those hackers again. They must be really good to keep hacking into our system. Wait, they're safe? I don't know what's going on yet, but just to clarify, we're safe because we don't know about them, but someone is out there making it their mission to make sure we all know about them. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. No, you're following perfectly this point. Great. Also, there's a street preacher um, who is basically giving the same message and nobody picks up that the hacker may be in the abandoned church six meters away except for you and you just came into town and you go in and, and you hear them talking about the same thing they live they're among us we have to get word out we have to make sure everyone gets these glasses so they can see the truth oh boy and you're like you don't want no part of it you're like i'm just a hard-working american trying to do my construction work and yeah. get paid no no truth for me thanks no exactly yeah. you do not want to eat the blue pill or the red pill i don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember which was <laughs> you don't want the pill no thank you morpheus so you go about your day well of course you get drug into it until and you still don't believe and then you pick up these sunglasses one day and you put them on and lo and behold everything you see that billboard for like a soft drink actually says obey this other billboard <laughs> for like a trip to Cancun says get married and procreate like mm -hmm. there's there's uh, what do you call it when there's like signals that you pick up on and you don't realize it uh I'm having like a brain fart but anyway they're everywhere oh, all subliminal. the media you're being f yeah subliminal messages are being fed to you to obey, to overeat, to be uh, complacent. And you're like, okay. Instead of like 
being completely just like overwhelmed with this. You're just like kind of going with it and you look and suddenly you notice all the rich people have faces like bugs, but like also skeletons, like alien faces. And you walk into a supermarket with these sunglasses on and you're still looking at everybody. And instead of like freaking out and putting together a plan, you look at this woman and you're like, holy shit, you're ugly. You look all right, but you're ugly. You look like last week's cheese dip or something like that. And that is a basically a line from the movie. That's quality. And they throw you out and you notice all the rich people that look like bugs are suddenly looking at their wristwatch saying, we have someone who can see. We have someone who can see. So you hightail it out of there. Your mullet blowing in the wind behind you. No one just took his sunglasses. Yeah. He's, he's got his sunglasses still. Like Hold on to those. Yeah. He has them. Well, these cops come after you. And of course, they're highly trained alien police force that, you know, they look mm-hmm. just like us. But the you're for rich in the cops. Yeah. And you're able to seduce them. I mean, not sub, not seduce subdue them <laughs> not seduce them <laughs> that would be a different movie whatever it takes yeah and take their guns and what's the first thing you do you go into a bank and you look around and the aliens are everywhere and this is like not even halfway through the movie you cock your gun and what do you say you say i've come to kick ass and chew bubble gum and i'm all out of bubble gum is that where it came from that is where it came from i'm talking about they live and then he goes mama don't like no tattletales and starts shooting people shooting people up captures a woman and basically at this point it it turns into like this action flick and i'm only i'm using the term apocalypse loosely because this is an alien apocalypse Everything is is changing. I couldn't exactly figure out why the aliens were here or why we even cared that they were here because there was still, like, everybody was still living their life and you still had well-off, like, humans, too. So it it wasn't very plot-heavy. I mean, like, were they trying to, like, subdue us so that they could mold us to some sort of purpose or was it just to, like, keep us from destroying them out of hate well in the beginning it was like we were all like the working class and they were the wealthy but then there was like wealthy people too i don't know but and then there was a line about oh yeah they're taking over our factories to to change our climate to be more hospitable to them but then in another part they were getting beamed out to all these different worlds all over the galaxy (laughs) so you can't think about it too much i will tell you there was some pretty memorable lines though An- another one was they were, they were like what are we gonna do what's the purpose and the guy was like life's a bitch and she's in heat and i was like oh no <laughs> and then he cocks another gun and they just go about their business like he did not just say that and so <laughs> and, and at that point it's two guys Apparently, the tower that programs everybody is on top of this building in a city, and it's not New York. I couldn't figure out. I want to say it was like Cleveland or something. I don't I don't know. It was really random, and he's got to fight his way to the top, and of course he does, and he lives, and he's got to destroy the tower, and apparently that one satellite on the tower controls everything, and that foils their mm-hmm. plan, and as soon as it's destroyed, mm-hmm. we can all see the aliens. And then the movie ends. Well, actually, the movie ends. Like, okay, so my son, my 11-year-old, started watching it with me. And he, like, bailed halfway. 
And I'm glad he did because the whole time I was like, this is so dumb. But it was hilarious. Like, I was laughing the whole time. But then, like, the last scene is this couple having sex. And then, like, she looks over at the guy and he's, like, one of those alien things. And, like, she's freaked out. And he's like, what's wrong, baby? And then the screen goes black. And that's how it ends. So That's an ending? Yeah. That, like... I don't know. You can't think about it too much. It was pretty cool. I will tell you the good points. Like it was much. pretty cool about the glasses <laughs> halfway through. So this little underground trove of people that were like the people that knew the truth uh, made these glasses like in a back room of an abandoned church. And, it, and you knew they were scientists because there was like bottles of chemicals sitting around everywhere and, and, and dusty machinery. Well, halfway through they find the people again and they're like, give us the glasses, we have something better. And they start passing out contacts. So they were able to make contact lenses. And they all put in the contact <laughs> lenses at this point. And, yeah. The, the best thing about this oh movie God. was the zingers, for sure. But <laughs> you have to watch it. I think it was from, like, 1986. Um, oh, man. Yeah, and it is very, not, yeah, very 80s. Everything is very 80s. I will say, though, like, the main woman that has a part in it, her outfit was back in style, and it was quite cute. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a reason to watch, if nothing else. <laughs> no, you, I mean, he's here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and he's all out of bubblegum. That's why you watch it. He has no choice. And, and shoot up a bank. Like, but I, I, never under, I never understood what the bank really had to do oh. with anything. But you asked for my wackiest apocalypse story. And I, granted, I'm using the term apocalypse loosely because this is kind of like pre-apocalypse as opposed to post-apocalypse. Like it's the, like an apocalypse plan. Yeah, like the aliens are there. They're wanting to take over, I think. I mean, they're not, they're, they're not killing anybody. They're wanting you to get married and have kids. Subliminally. It's just alienating propaganda. We're I'm afraid of them you. because they're aliens. I, that's what it was. But for mm -hmm. real, you, I, I really want you to watch this movie so we can talk about it. <laughs> it sounds pretty fantastic. I'm in. Is it, on, is it on Netflix? It is actually, we have stars through, I guess, Amazon Prime, and it's on there. Okay. Or I think you can, like, rent it for, like, 99 cents because it's been out forever. <laughs> like, it's one of those... <laughs> Like, I can probably uh, find a way to muster up that gene. But it's a, it had quite the online following once I started digging into it. And the way I found out about this was, you know, I used to be in um, a parade crew captain that for um, a Halloween parade in Baton Rouge, right? Well, this past year, the, I don't know, the, I, I do, we weren't in the parade this year, but the theme had something to do with apocalypse or aliens or something. And I got my little newsletter, and their float was based on this movie. And they had, like, a makeup artist come in and do everybody's makeup to look like the aliens. And they had, like, the sunglasses and the whole thing. And I was like, what the hell is this? And so I kind of just held on to it until I finally had a reason to watch it. And I'm not going to say I'm glad I watched it, but I was <laughs> definitely entertained. <laughs> Draw the line. There you go. What you got? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, some common themes here, including it's more like we're leading up to an apocalypse than mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it has occurred, which I mean, frankly, let's pause for a second because apocalypse is kind of a tricky thing, right? Like 
there's there's different levels of definition for apocalypse because I feel like sometimes it's a literal end of the world like there's a meteor crashing in or aliens are destroying it or something like that and the world is actually being obliterated in full but other times like the walking dead or like most other things like that where the apocalypse where the apocalypse actually occurs it's more of like a societal end right because the world's still there like we're just in a completely different setup it's like a social apocalypse yeah society and that's interesting i was thinking about that today too i was like you have zombie apocalypse and alien apocalypse and then like the spiritual four horsemen of the apocalypse Mm -hmm. so really you can have a lot of fun with this this word and this definition you can really take it anywhere you want i'm dying to see what what you have for us (laughs) okay so with that little aside do you know in vader zim i do the cartoon yeah. Oh, oh, hell yeah, I do. That was, gosh, I think I caught the tail end of it. I was in junior high, I think, when it came out. You you were in junior high? Maybe. Okay. Well, I'm, I was aware of, because we're the same year, give or take, like one or two. Right. Well, let me rephrase that. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's when I heard about it, right? Okay. I discovered this in college. Okay. So maybe I was like way behind. Maybe I was in high school. I don't know. It's all the same. I could have been high school. I'll have to go back and check. I just thought I'd found it like when it was coming out. Apparently not. But it's fantastic and I love it. And we had such a tight group in college who we all just got a little obsessed with it for no particular reason. But it was just like it it struck something for us and we watched the entire series and just consumed it. Actually, that should have been a giveaway because there was not binge watching yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were in college. So, I mean, like we found every episode just online, which by the way, you can still do. It's on YouTube um, and just kind of zipped through it all several seasons. Um, But yeah, I was rewatching the first episode to kind of refresh my memory because it's been over a decades since I've watched it and (laughs) just everything about it just the humor is spot on but okay so I'm getting a little ahead of myself because now that I've kind of set up the extremely vague and questionable timing of this cartoon's release I the premise here okay so we've got these aliens Mm -hmm. who are planning um what was it? I want to get the exact wording. I wanted to say I checked. It came out in 2001. So you're right. It was high school oh, okay. when I saw it. So Okay. So we were only a few years behind because this was maybe my freshman or sophomore year of college. So 03, 04. Um, but yeah. So, okay. Group of aliens out in their solar system. They are about to execute Operation Impending Doom 2. Okay. Because Operation Impending Doom original failed right so they've got their whole like stadium full of little warrior aliens and they're like calling them up one by one and like telling them what planet they're going to go to and so and also by the way their entire hierarchy of power is based on height oh no <laughs> so, which i would completely forgotten and so the two people running the show are just called almighty tallest red and almighty tallest purple and they are just very tall and other than that they're just very s- silly petty individuals right and so they just like 
they, they've got this whole show coming in as they come down into the stadium. And um, yeah, just like the whole humor of this thing is just so stellar. And so they bring up the first person and sorry, not person, alien. alien. And um, so he comes up from like through the crowd and they award him his planet. And it's like this like terrible planet of the rat people and they show up this image on the screen and it's like he's surrounded by these rats with like these they're like three times his size and they have these demonic red eyes and they're like just surrounding him like they're about to eat him and tear him apart and he's like why and they're like actually you've gotten a little taller we're gonna send you to this other planet instead known for the the galaxy's most comfortable couch and then like the picture switches and he's just like relaxing on this couch and then the next person comes up and he's still really short so they send him to the rat planet and it's just like bye and that's it and so like everything's like that and then like the um the planet that they're having this whole like planning thing on is called conventia planet of like convention halls and then, <laughs> like everything's just like that and they're like food cordia is where Zen, it, in, our, our invader, Zen, uh, it comes in from Food Cordia because he had been banished there because he is the reason that the original um, Operation Impending Doom had failed, right? Because he just went around shooting things, pressing buttons, and didn't even like pause to think that he was still on his own planet. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, he was not even supposed to be there, but he found out about it, and so he broke his own... Ba- he canceled his own banishment in order to show up and find out what planet he was going to get sent to. And so that's where this all comes in, and they're just like, okay, well, you really fucked up last time, and you're just so, so short. So they can't get rid of him. They try to send him off with a sandwich, and he's like, no, I need a planet. I'm going to be part of this. And they're like... <laughs> fucking fine and so they like look up at their big map and they look out into the galaxy and they find this one place where like i don't know maybe there's a planet probably not and they send him out in that direction (laughs) (laughs) and he ends up in earth of course he does of course so they think they're just like getting rid of him and that's the end of it and he goes off and he finds earth and he thinks it is like this is his mission he's going to take over earth and he thinks he's just part of it. And so the entire series is him time after time after time trying to take over the world. And he's just like so demonic about it. And he has like the most wonderful, like maniacal, evil laugh. And I have to say, this is one of the best cartoon soundtracks I've ever heard in my life. Like everything is just like a little bit mechanical and a little bit like impending doom. Like this like march is happening. That's awesome. It's like, like it's coming for you. It's just, it's so good. Like it could not be better if John Williams wrote it. Um, I think going back to it again, that is the thing that struck me the most about it. That, and then like secondarily, uh, just the, the very zippy, relentless sarcasm in the humor. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is why we love this so much. I just remember my sister. So I have two sisters, and we're, like, all real close in age. And my youngest sister, who's only, like, two and a half, three years younger than me, was obsessed with this show. And everything you're saying, like, it makes complete sense that she was obsessed with it. This is, like, her bag <laughs> all day long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's um, it's very uh, pinky in the brain because he has this, yeah, <laughs> Um, he has this um, AI robot, mm-hmm. and they give the, there's like a 
inventory. What am I trying to think? There's like a allotment of them so that it, they get assigned to every alien as they're going out to take over their planet. Uh-huh. And they're called Sir, S-I-R. I don't remember what it stands for. <laughs> but Zim gets his and it's Gur with a G. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like this one's broken. Oh. And, and, the, and, the, and the invader guys are like, no, it's not. It's fine. It's advanced. <laughs> and he's like, no, there's something wrong with it. And this guy's like, I'm Gur. And Invader Zim's like, what's the G stand for? And the AI, who's supposed to be the super intelligence helping him take over the planet, is just like, I don't know. And <laughs> he starts like running around and dancing. And it's just like that the whole series. And this AI that's supposed to be the mastermind whatever, it's like obsessed with tacos and pizza. I love it. And just, it's so funny. I just, I feel like that's the best AI. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. And then, um, you know, he's got this nemesis who's actually just this like child that lives next door in the suburban (laughs) neighborhood where he landed. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like. Did you okay. see that movie? It's a cartoon movie, um, Home. You know what I'm talking about? With the aliens? No. It, came, wait, it just no. came out like maybe five years ago. But I think the people that wrote this probably watched Invader Zim because it's a very like Disney Pixar ish. And that may not be who made Home, but hmm. in my head, that's what I think. I, I don't know. I could be way off. But it's like if they took that story and did it it's actually really cute it's really funny yeah 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 steve martin voices a character in it oh. and the guy that plays sheldon cooper i am recognizing this poster and where's that little alien with a cat on his head yeah so i haven't um invader zim is one of those things that i definitely remember like i said my sister was obsessed with it but I haven't thought about in so many years. So you talk about blast from the past. Oh man, yeah. And I gotta say, like, I cannot overstate the degree to which this was like a group activity for me and this core group of friends that I had. In like watching the show, I'm not remembering the show as much as I'm remembering my friends, like, incessantly quoting the show <laughs> for the entirety of my college experience. That's um, awesome. It brought back some really good memories. <laughs> Y'all need to have like a Zoom uh, watch party or something. <laughs> yes. Later Zoom. That would be great. You know, <sighs> while we're sitting here, and it's so funny, both of ours were um, alien stories, albeit pretty different. I was yeah. thinking we forgot about one of the wacky, wackiest apocalypses of apocalypses say that five times fast apocalypses yes i'm i'm gonna say apocalypse one of the (laughs) wackiest apocalypse of all time douglas adams hitchhiker's guide to the yes good call and that is one of the rare that's one of the rare stories that starts with a true apocalypse where the world gets destroyed. Right. And then the story continues from there. So they could build yeah. um, an interstellar highway or something, right? Oof. And we had time to file the paperwork or, or something, and we right. didn't. We did, and we didn't do it. Right. No one so no one got it done. But the dolphins knew what was up. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love oh, it God. when like you'll see. Like, I need to watch or I need to read that again too. That was there's such always a like one. and people are still like super fans of this series because I yeah. will see like you know how you see like little things on people's cars. I will occasionally see like so long and thanks for all the fish or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, awesome. I get that. That makes me feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a good one. Or the don't panic. Yes. Yes. Mm. Always relevant. Always relevant. I mean, did, okay. So the other thing we talked about last time, I think my episodes are kind of running together was sweet apocalypse, Pacalai, or was it sweet? Was it sweet or like, I can't remember. I'm not prepared for this, but please continue. No, I stumbled on this on accident and remembered watching it years and years and years ago. And I was like, it's such a good movie. Um, So I did want to tell you about it because I think it is on Netflix. I'm sure it's on Netflix or Prime one. But um, is it searching or looking? I think it's looking. Looking for a friend for the end of the world with Steve Carell and Kira Knightley. Oh, I remember that happening. Yeah, it's like a romantic dramedy. It's really good. I completely forgot about it. And I don't know, like you fall into this loophole of movies and media about the end of the world. And that one kept coming up. And I was like, what is this? And I went to, um, I don't know, one of the websites. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. It's amazing. But I'll watch anything with Steve Perel in it. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, I never got that one. Oh, man. I don't know why I just had this total non sequitur thought. Okay. But this is the exact opposite of what you just described. (laughs) This is the heaviest, weirdest, most, like, artsy for the sake of it, more of a mood than a plot type of movie. It's indie. No surprise. (laughs) But it has Kirsten Dunst. Okay. And Alexander Skarsgård as the core couple. It's called Melancholia. Okay. And it is so dark. It's like existential. Like their relationship's not working. Their family's really broken. Like everything's just really like heavy, like moody. Like this, the thing that indie movies do where it's just really slow, sad, music the entire time (laughs) um but it was really it was visually beautiful and they were both incredible in their roles as they tend to be uh they're great but they did these really cool scenes throughout and like i i swear to god the movie was more about these scenes than it was about any sort of plot but it was kind of worth it because it was so beautiful to see but like everything slows down into super super slow motion and she's like running through these like fields in these like gorgeous dresses and there's like sunsets almost turning to night you know like stuff like that and then there's like this one like gigantic tree stretching over like the background whatever um and it's just like she's running away or i don't even remember what else there was that's the one that really stuck with it was just a really pretty But yeah, like these were just kind of like interspersed throughout and they just felt really like dense with meaning, but you're also just kind of like, what, what, (laughs) what's happening here? (laughs) It was an apocalyptic, 
Yes, at the end, the world ends. Okay, well, there you Obviously. go. No, I and it's <laughs> Melancholia. Did you yeah. stream it like it's online or? That's a good question. I'm sure it is. Um, <laughs> it's now, this is one of those things. Okay, we already talked about Omaha once in this series. So <laughs> I will just say that Omaha had this really great nonprofit indie movie theater. Oh, cool. And they would run movies for like one or two weeks and then they would be gone again. But because it was nonprofit, there was a big focus on education of the films they were showing and not just showing them like a movie theater. And so anything you went and saw there, you could like pick up a one sheet about it at the end. Hmm. Like they had them all out on the counter and um, they would do like talks with directors and they had some connections in Hollywood. Like the strongest one is that Alexander Payne is from Omaha. So he did Descendants and several others. He's great. I never knew Um, Omaha was so like, right? Yeah. Like it's so interesting. So arts focused because you've told me several things on the podcast but just in conversation too huh I should just start an affiliate program with Omaha because seriously um but no but seriously it was it was like a a life-changing experience for me to have that movie theater there because there was not I mean it's a mid-sized city so it's not like there's a huge amount to do there so we're like let's give this indie theater a shot and I got hooked on independent film and that's where I saw Melancholia is the uh the tie-in but um but yeah so okay hold on melancholia where to watch let's find this out so everyone okay. can watch these stunning slow motion scenes and then be confused well i mean i think you have to be a little confused if you're watching an apocalyptic film <laughs> like this one because it's like highbrow and uh pretty or you can watch <laughs> they live and be confused because what the hell is even happening <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks like you can either buy it on Amazon Prime or you can catch it on Hulu. Oh, cool. Okay. I have so Hulu. there you go. Awesome. And you know, Alexander Skarsgård, you can't really go wrong. No. Yeah. Have a, definitely have a soft spot for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. So not sweet. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I brought sweet. <laughs> you brought the opposite of sweet. But that's Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I brought. Let's it's, be honest. You brought Invader Zim, and I appreciate it because I had forgotten about it, and now I'm going to go introduce it to my kids. You know what I was thinking, yes. too, while you were talking about it, was there were some really good cartoons that came out at that time. Do you remember, mm. I think this was probably around the same time. It might have been a little bit later. I think it was in 2003. Um, the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And no. it's like this really, it's like this, I think they're brother and sister. They might be best friends, but I think it's brothers and sisters, Billy and Mandy. And Mandy is like blonde and in a pink dress, but she's like really like kind of morbid and is not here for your shit and like angry. And Billy's just like, what are we going to do today? And then she makes <laughs> best friends. She makes, uh, yeah, friends, like best friends with the Grim Reaper. And I remember like getting home from class or whatever, or work at my my job at the mall at a boot store I did not even own a pair of boots and like you know like that like you said that was back before binge watching was a thing but if you caught something on like Cartoon Network they might play the same show all day long in a row Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's really good they know what kids were about yeah (laughs) kids and 18 19 year olds which I guess is (laughs) (laughs) well okay while we're talking about college years silliness mm-hmm. uh did you get into homestar runner 
oh my god you and my sister are the same person she did she was all about it and she would be like come watch this with uh was there a character named marzipan or something Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. there is she was obsessed with it and so and she is like one of my best friends so i would watch it and i don't know i guess at the time i was like i'm not watching this and now i look back and i can totally see the humor in it i'm like okay that was freaking hilarious it's dot com (laughs) but yeah i that was another thing that just this one particular group of friends got like mega into and it's so weird because it was just like a blip on the radar but for that one like narrow timeline of people in that certain point in their life it was huge because my sister's only a few years behind me in school yeah so i thought she would know it too no clue what it is like I will reference it to the same and she's just like eh but like her husband is my age like we're the same year Uh and he knows all about it it's just it's such a weird specific thing but it also spans so widely just because I guess the internet no it it, there's a lot of things like that because me and my husband even and he's two years older than me I will reference something that I thought was like this huge piece of pop culture and he's like what are you talking about but then his little brother that's like a year younger than me. He's like, he gets all of my references. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I'm like, no, it was huge. Everybody knew about this. And he's like, I have no idea what you mean. Okay. Yeah. So how's your real life apocalypse going? How's mm. your day to day? No, I think it's, I think it's going fine. I mean, my kids are on spring break this week, which means not much. Like <laughs> we're not homeschooling this week. And so we're just sleeping like all the time, oh. which is pretty freaking nice have some time to read and to work on new projects how about you nice yeah can't complain I mean pretty contained to a fairly small space here in DC in our tiny studio apartment um it turns out the one question we didn't ask when we moved in here was if we're going to be stuck here for six months are we gonna be okay like we structured our whole lives to like have a lot of spending money to go out and engage and do shit which has been a blast. No regrets until the start of March. Um, but no, like it's really been totally fine. I mean, if anything, I feel like I'm starting to hit a rhythm. And I feel like if anything, I'm surprised how busy we've been. Well, we, me. Um, <laughs> and I've been realizing how much of my life is really digitally because it's stuff like this where it doesn't matter that we're in totally different parts of the country right we just keep you know we do what we do we keep on going that's how so I don't have a job right now uh, because my job involves touching mm-hmm. people so that will pick back up yeah. whenever it's safe yeah so I've been a full-on stay-at-home mom but like to the ultimate like stay at home don't leave home here with your whole family <laughs> mom <laughs> And my kids like have adjusted pretty in good. The high tower. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like it, it, we had some growing pains, but it's fine. But I was thinking like, yeah, it, like for you and your apartment, of course, if you're going to live in a city and you're someone who wants to live in a city, the whole thing is to be out in the city. Like that's what you base your life on. Because if you're going to, you know, if you want like a big house to live in or whatever there's certainly more affordable areas to go so you move to somewhere like dc or new york or whatever with the intention of being a part of it so i bet yeah it's definitely definitely some adjustment there and like it's fine 
But yeah, it's just like, oh, this is one thing I never thought we'd have to plan for in, you know, the place that we chose. But we've adjusted. It's been fine. Chris has been working like one week on, one week off because he's with the government. And so they're kind of like reduced, but not off. But this way they're kind of in shifts so that they're like reducing the number of people who would be exposed if something were to happen to Mm -hmm. one of them. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, this has been his off week, so he's just home with me all day while I'm working. So I have to be like, I'm on another conference call. Don't come walking over here. I've got clients on the, like, on video. <laughs> just like that, on and off all day. <laughs> yeah, so I can tell you a funny story. And thank God it has a good ending or I wouldn't share it. I would just pretend like it never happened. <laughs> so my husband is in the same boat. Like, he, he'll go into work on Monday. He was going in just on Mondays, but now he just stays at home because he was going in and then, like, Skyping all of his meetings. Or Zooming all of his meetings, mm-hmm. so now he works from home. Um, and he was set up on our dining room table because we have two kids, and so they have both of the bedrooms. And we don't have an like we have a space that's going to be an office, but we were getting ready to work on that when all this happened. So he set up on the dining room table, <laughs> meetings all day long. That's what his job is, just meeting, 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 meeting. So we're like tiptoeing through the house, or he'll like give us a signal when he's on mute. So. <laughs> I definitely yeah. have, like, <laughs> pandemic brain. I come through in, like, my workout tights and my sports bra. I'm going to get some orange juice. And, like, he's on a call. And I can tell it's, like, the most inopportune time. So, like, I bust out in, like, this ridiculous dance. Like, just right in front of him because I know he can't laugh. And, like, I am, like, into it, into it. And I look at him and he looks at me. And then I realize he's sitting in front of a mirror. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I turned and, like left and I didn't come back in for like an hour and then I come back in and I was like oh my god I can never go to any company functions like ever and he's like no no no, no. it's fine it's fine I have tape over my uh, camera because I'm scared I'm gonna accidentally do something uh, he was so just funny. listening he wasn't like in that meeting but I that's good about <laughs> I'm like I'm so glad I didn't like flash you or something like this could have been really so bad yeah yeah it was funny afterwards i i went and laid in the hammock for an hour and i was like what did i just do (laughs) am i gonna be on the internet now is this how i is this how i get famous this is not what i want uh, the next viral wonder yeah i think about that guy who was on that call and like his kids came in and it was on tv i don't know so funny that's been about the the craziest thing that's happened around here yeah well yeah, that's the good kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I definitely know people who have been really personally impacted by people oh, yeah. who have been infected or, or losing people, and it's just heartbreaking. It, it is so, very sad. It is, um, yeah, it's it's easy for us to joke and laugh, and I hope doing this we're helping other people to kind of laugh and relax yeah. and have a good time, but we are by no means taking this lightly. Like, we understand how big of a deal this is. It's tough. It, it, it's such a complicated situation. You know, so many of us are just kind of getting cabin fever and, and bored and, dri- you know, driving ourselves up the wall. But, you know, you never forget all of the other very serious things that are happening in the world. And so it's kind of tricky to have that balance of like, you know, finding your own mental health in all of this and, and keeping it sane and entertaining yourself because you're trapped. And then, right not discounting all of the very real stuff happening every time I start like uh, there was something from Disney on earlier in my Twitter feed 
it was like a promo because they're doing a sing-along tonight and we're missing the Disney sing-along but it was like it just gave me this warm fuzzy moment of like oh my god like there's a lot of creativity happening right now to keep things moving because if you're you know relying on like media and so movies and books and all of that sort of stuff for your business and then the Disney parks, for example, which are totally shut down, all the oh, Disney wow. hotels. You know, not that anyone needs to feel bad for Disney, okay? No. But, like, you know, like, just thinking about their business model and what they're trying to do right now. And then you think about, what do you do right now? And so they were promoting the sing-along for tonight. And they had all of these celebrities who have been in their movies, like, doing these little snippets of, you know, singing from their homes and goofing off and, like, spinning around their kitchen or, you know, sitting with their kids or whatever, and it's really just changed things in a way that I think is going to stick. Um, you know, it was just such an informal, accessible attitude of like, okay, everyone knows we can't be in a studio right now. We can't be, you know, like perfectly done up with our hair and our makeup and whatever else and pretend that we're, you know, flawless demigods. Right. But we're just going to hang out and have a good time. And there was just something about that and just the creativity of the entire idea. It's comforting. That was just super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that Disney's special in that. There's a lot of it going around, but that's the one that I saw today. And so I almost tweeted about it, and then I stopped myself, and I was like, is this what I should be talking about right now? And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's a hard balance, but you have to – I mean, you have to look for happiness. We can't all be melancholy for six months and dwell on it or nobody's going to be any good for anyone else I mean certainly if we have the opportunity to do good and help others we should do that but we can't we have to look for the happy you know Mm -hmm. or this will turn into a real apocalypse if everybody you know it's no kidding yep absolutely although silver lining direction stuff um I have been looking into an article on a new thing. I, I mean, they've been getting all the news coverage, so I don't know if this is news to anyone listening, but it's called bookshop.org. Oh, cool. Yeah. You were telling me about this. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. It's such a cool model. It's set up as a, um, oh, I forget what the technical designation is, but it's basically a form of nonprofit that it's set up as a, in some way. So it's not like the 501c3, like a nonprofit nonprofit, but it's set up so that it's a business designed for the public good, not just for profit. Right. And so anything you buy on their website, if you, you can designate a bookshop in your community mm-hmm. to get the, uh, the profits from that purchase. Like if, you know, it's like an, a, like an affiliate percentage that they get as okay. if you purchased it there. And if you don't designate an independent shop that you know that you want to get those funds, then it goes into like a general pool of funds and is generalized to independent bookshops in their network. We need to do this. We need to make yeah. one. We have given so there, many recs that... Yeah, it's it's super cool. And then on top of that, like the, the buying experience is so beautiful. Like, you know how you go to Amazon... And it's just like this deluge of like, what category do you want? Here's the one that's selling best, you know, right now. Here's and like a million all these ads like of and crap. Books you're not yeah. looking for. And you're just like, yeah. Jesus, like, can I just like browse a shelf? Right. Um, when you go to the homepage of bookshop.org, it feels curated. 
like everything's in collections like editors picks and there's a real editor who picks them because I asked for my article I was like excuse me (laughs) when you say editor who are you talking about and they have like an editor on staff who's like the editor of what belongs as their picks so it's a lot closer to actually having like a bookshop experience and it feels like that virtually oh cool yeah and it's really cool and then there's like sections for like here's books by authors who are Aries since we're in April Hmm. and like just like cute stuff like that and then there's themes for like different like there's a whole section of like pandemic books and then there's like light and funny books and like anything that you might be looking for right now they very thoughtfully put together this whole scrolling page but it was like this way of of like here's what we think you might be looking for right now like you know like you would have walking into a shop where there's the displays you know mm-hmm. it was super cool so that's kind of my thing right now it because it released cool. just in time for us all to be on shutdown right and it's like the indie alternative to amazon it's so easy to buy the books that's what I was and, going to say. Like, so this wasn't something that came out of the pandemic because it sounds like there was a lot more involved. Yeah, I think they may have rushed it a little bit because of the timing. Right. Uh, because if you go to their website right now, there's a little note about beta. Like beta so, phase. It's not just ebooks, right? I mean, like it's No. You can order like paperbacks and I think hardbacks? it's actually leading with print. Okay. Um, but they are either already incorporating or expecting to incorporate very soon ebook formats and also audio formats. That's great. That's great news. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And I just got like disproportionately excited about it. Anyway, that's my, that's my news. (laughs) See, we all need something to be excited about. And, um, (laughs) I always get excited about bookstores. I mean, I told my husband the other day, I was like, I can't wait till I can just go eat some Indian food and go walk around a bookstore. (laughs) Like, that's all I want to do. Like, it's not much. Go set in a movie. I don't even care if it's a good movie. Just be in the movie theater. Yeah, just hang out in a movie theater. Yeah. And I probably should mention for uh, transparency that you can also, as an author, set up an account and be an affiliate. So you can also get like a 10% back on any purchase, Um, which is kind of awesome. And I do plan to do that. So FYI. But um, I'm genuinely excited about everything about it, which we should probably actually, because they let you set up your own lists as an account. We should set up a Fantasy Girls account and then like put them in by miniseries. So we should have like a My Favorite Apocalypse book list. I I think that's a great idea, actually. I've been sitting here thinking like, what should we add? And I know like we've, since the beginning, we've listed a ton of books. So yeah, this is perfect. We are definitely going to do that. Um. Well, well, I guess we've covered a lot of ground. We did cover a lot of ground. We talked about the apocalypse. We <laughs> Check. Talked, yeah, I, that's, <laughs> we hit the theme. That was on our agenda. And so I counted as a win. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, hit us up with your favorite apocalypse in the comments. Tell your friends about us. Leave us reviews. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time.